Hello, and welcome to the Roman League Podcast. I'm your host, former NFL scout, Tyler Roman. Today's episode, I'll look back at that week one victory over the Jacksonville Jaguars. It was a thrilling finish with the Commanders coming out victorious to start the season 1-0. Preview the week two matchup versus the Lions. The Lions lost 35-31 to the Eagles and had some bright spots that should concern Washington going into week two. A lot to preview, so here we go. So in week one, you know, the commander fans and organization, teammates, whatever you want to say, got the full Carson Wentz experience. You know, he had the 313 yards passing, which obviously is very, you know, very solid debut and had one of the better passing debuts in commander's history, prolific-wise for yards and touchdowns. Um, four touchdowns, two to Han, Jahan Dotson, one to Curtis Samuel, one to Terry McLaurin. Um, and, I mean, you can't argue the throw he made to Terry McLaurin is one of the best throws um, that we've seen from a commander's quarterback in a while. I mean, it was an absolute seed. Carson didn't have to really, you know, use much of leg strength. That was all upper body. Hit Terry, you know, couldn't hand it to him better. Um, that really got the Washington commanders back in the game very quickly. That quick strike ability that Carson offers is something this team has not had um, really since even you go to maybe Kirk Cousins' best year in 2016. Uh, and even then, obviously, that wasn't too great. So, I mean, Carson's a guy that is someone that can help lead this team to victories based off his arm talent and physical talent alone. But he's going to have his, you know, head-scratching plays like he did the interception of Jahan Nats, and he still wants you know, um, stared him down, and that, you know, that was an easy play for the corner. Um, you know, obviously, he's better than that. He's more experienced, and, you know, to have a mistake like that. The screenplay, um, you know, that, that was something that, you know, he – you should have threw it to the ground. I don't think it was really going to hit J.D. McKissick. I think it was actually Antonio Gibson anyways. But I think that was a hell of a play by Trayvon Walker. That's why Trayvon Walker went first overall in this year, past uh, year's NFL draft. And, you know, Walker looked really good. He had a sack interception. I mean, he's a guy that Jacksonville Jaguars look, you know, feel really confident about, as they should. And right now he looks like the right pick. You know, Aiden Hutchinson's more pro-ready Walker, as you can see, the dynamic, you know, ability that he has to make an athletic play like that, to intercept that ball, the intellig- football intelligence to know, you know what was coming. And then again, like the athleticism in the hands to make that play was, you know, un- unreal. So, um, you know, Carson, like I said, had some, he was inaccurate, a few other balls throughout the game too. Um, but his arm strength is something this team has not seen since probably Robert's rookie year in 2012, I would go for the third. And Carson's a guy that, you know, like I said, gives his team quick strike ability, something they haven't had in years. Um, and the fan base team is going to have to live with it. I know that he, he, Carson got some boos, but he's by far this team's best option they've had in years. I know there's already, you know, a Sam Howe Hyde out there already, but he's not ready, and he might never, ever be a starting quarterback. He might just be a really solid backup. There's nothing wrong with that in the fifth-round pick. Um, but Carson's a guy that this team should believe in, his fans should believe in, um, I'm not saying they're not going to be moments to make you scratch your heads, i.e. last, you know, this past two interceptions against Jacksonville, but he's someone this team, you know, really can, you know, value to make some plays. Um, and again, like I said, I just keep going back to that pass to Terry. It was beautiful. The pass to Jahan Dotson in the, uh, the second touchdown, obviously a hell of a play by Jahan, but Carson, um, you know, gave him a chance on third and 10 or third and eight, whatever it was, to go win the ball game. And Jahan did it. And how many quarterbacks have this team had in the past where they don't even give the receivers a shot? Um, so having a guy like Carson that's willing to do it is something that's huge for this team and going to be huge for the playmakers of Terry and Curtis and Jahan and Logan Thomas and um, Curtis, I mean, Curtis, Cam Sims, you know, even, you know, Tony Gibson out of the backfield, J.D. McKissick, Brian Robson Jr. gets it back. So um, he just raised the potential for this offense so much higher than it has been in years past. And it's really, you know, really good start for him. Again, I'm not saying that you can completely forget the interceptions, but you can have to do the good and bad with him. There's going to be some weeks where you absolutely – Scratch your head and act. You want you know a quarterback of the future in next year's draft, but there's going to be some weeds too that he's going to help this team win and be the reason this team wins. And you know he's an average starting 
to above average starting quarterback in this league and Washington just hasn't had that. So um, if they can ever get their defense right, Carson's a guy they can consistently win with. And he's only 30 years old, so we'll see what happens. But, you know, good start. Let's see what he does against Detroit in week two and as he goes, as the season goes on. Um, it was nice seeing Tony Gibson getting his touches. He had 58 yards rushing, 72 yards receiving, um, seven catches. It's a great number for him. He's a guy that was a receiver in college. He's finally getting some more looks there. He's obviously the lead back right now, Robinson Jr. out. Um, J.D. McKissick didn't get as many looks either. Um, but I, I'm a huge J.D. McKissick fan. I like to get him more involved. But, you know, it was nice seeing Antonio, you know, have some good plays, held onto the ball. I thought he was good with the ball in his hands out of the backfield. Uh, made some nice cuts. Wasn't perfect um, in receiving-wise. I mean, there was a third down on a swing play that was a design play for Antonio. Antonio made it. Had 15, 20 yards after the catch. So um, that was a great throw by Carson, too. But obviously a great, throw, great you know, play by Antonio to catch it, get upfield. Um, so I was really excited to see that from Antonio. And I think he's someone that this team is going to rely on and get the ball in space. Ron has said it multiple times now ever since you know training camp. So even when Robinson gets back, Gibson's going to get his touches, and as he should. John Dotson, I mean, his preseason training camp carried over to the regular season. All the hype is real. I'd like to see him get more than three catches um, for 40 yards, but obviously touchdowns are great. It was great. You know, even the first route was seven-yard touchdown. Um, just getting open in the middle field, Carson a wide-open target towards the you know, goalpost was huge. And again, that touchdown against um, single coverage um, at the end of the game, the game winner was, you know, beautiful ball skills. Um, did a great job getting his hands out there last minute in his corner, really get a shot to get his hand uh, head around. Um, that's, you know, key element being receiver. You know, don't show your hands too early because the corner can get around, get their head around, make a play. Jahan put him up at the last second to make a play. Corner had no time to react. Good ball by Carson, but Jahan just shows the ability to win one-on-one matchups despite his, you know, diminutive size. What do you call him at 5'10", 5'11", um, 180, but he's, he plays much bigger than that. And this team has a really, really good number two receiver now in Jahan Nas and maybe in two number ones one day if Jahan continues to develop. So that was great to see. Also great to see return of Curtis Samuel. Um, this is exactly what I think the team envisioned, which I envisioned this thing happening for him when they, resi- they signed him 12 touches, 72 yards, eight catches, four carries. I think it should be his number going forward. 10 to 12 touches between receivings and uh, receptions and re- uh, rushing attempts would be you know perfect for Curtis if he could stay healthy. So that one juke movie had early in the, uh, the game that, you know, absolutely broke the secondary players and saved the safety's ankles. Curtis is a guy that is has that ability. He has a touchdown as well. He can play in the slot, can play on the outside, can play in the back. He did have the fumble. I'm obviously got to hold on to the ball there, but, you know, I'm just really happy that we're able to see, you know, what Curtis can do because I, I envisioned it ever since the days in Carolina. Now that he's fully healthy, he's going to continue to do that for the commanders. I really have no doubt about that. Terry, you know, the deep ball, two catches for the eight yards on touchdown. Obviously, he needs to get the ball more. He may not get as many catches this year just because of all the targets now with Jahan and Curtis back. Um, and obviously Logan and maybe Cole Turner gets involved at tight end. Guys of the backfield, like J.D. and Tony Gibson. But Terry's a guy that still needs, you know, I think no less than 10 targets a game. I mean, he's number one receiver in this league, top 15 receiver in the NFL. And also, which is great to see him get hit on deep ball. I can't remember the last time he was hit on deep ball in stride. Maybe his first game as a Washington football player against Philly when Case Keenum hit him in that, his, you know, rookie debut. Um, and I was, just, it, yeah, it was great to see just Terry get behind the defense and finally get hit in stride once. So hopefully we see a lot more of that this year. Um, Terry, I, I fully expect to have the best year of his career. So um, just need to get him more targets. But obviously it was nice to have him that long touchdown for Terry. Uh, Logan three catches 45 yards really to make more of an impact to the fourth down. I mean, excuse me, the fourth quarter. But, you know, with his knee injury, you know, he's not going to get as, as many reps, I don't think, at least until he gets back into game shape. But obviously it was nice to see Logan out there. He's still a really good target for, Lo, uh, for Carson in the middle of the field. Um, you know, kind of moving to the defense and a good pressure from the top three guys of, you know, Montez Sweat, Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne. They both got a sack. 
Montez pressured uh, Trevor Lawrence a few times, even that last play that led to the game and interception by Derek Forrest. Uh, Montez, I think, is going to you know, have double-digit sacks. I've said it multiple times in this podcast. Um, so I thought the D-line you know, did pretty well. Um, gets a pass for the most part, getting you know, at least some pressure, making Trevor uncomfortable. The loss of Federer Mathis is huge just because death-wise after losing Matt Ines, Tim Settle. They needed a guy like Mathis to come in and step up and be that run stuffer um, to come in for Allen and Payne. Um, so that's going to be huge. Uh, they signed Donovan Jeter, an undrafted free agent from Michigan. But obviously he's no um, you know, Mathis, a second-round pick. So that is a you know, big loss. Yeah, the run defense wasn't great. Can't deny that. And ETN had 11 yards of carry. I think Trams Robs had 11, six yards of carry. So that's something that needs to be rectified going forward because they can't get gashed against the run. Their secondary isn't that great either. So this defense definitely has to turn it around. And this team's going to have a winning season or compete in the division. The defense has to be at least a top 15 defense, and that wasn't a good start against Jacksonville. It's that kind of foolish struggle that was, you know, unfortunate to see being a veteran player and a guy that had a really nice preseason training camp by all accounts. A couple PI penalties. I think one was a little more debatable. The pass to Christian Kirk was on Kendall, too. Um, so definitely need him to you know, step up a little bit. William Jackson was okay. He had nine tackles, but um, you know was a little inconsistent in coverage. Uh, Derek Forrest, obviously, was the highlight of the game um, defensively. Five tackles, two bass deflections, and he absolutely lit up Travis Etienne in that one play in the flat, which led to an incompletion, almost looked like a fumble at first, but you know Etienne never had possession, and that's really because of Derek Forrest. He popped him right away. Um, and Forrest is a guy that deserves more playing time. I liked him in Cincinnati. You know, he's definitely more of a true strong safety. Um, Cam Crow obviously, is a stud defensive player. I love seeing him out there. Can't wait to get him back, hopefully, this Sunday. Um, but Forrest is a guy to continue to get his reps, maybe in the Buffalo Nickel role, or have Cam Crow come down and play Buffalo Nickel and Forrest get those strong safety reps, but I think he deserves to be that 11th defender out there. When they want to play Buffalo Nickel, it should be Derek Forrest. Um, Percy Butler's still too young and not really suited for that role, in my opinion. St. Juice is going to obviously get his role in the nickel, but sometimes you know when they go to that bigger defense in Buffalo Nickel, I think Derek Forrest should be the guy to come in. Uh, moving to the Lions matchup, looking at the Lions defense, their D-line, Charles Harris, and Aid Hunchson on the edge, uh, McNeil and Michael Brockers on the inside. Um, Charles Harris is a guy that had a nice year last year after being a bus his first couple years in the career, but he's had, he's had a much better um, career since he got to Detroit. Aiden Hutchinson is the second overall pick. Um, he's a guy that just has a relentless motor and someone that's going to you know be a really good player for Detroit, really solid number two overall pick for them. They were static when he dropped after Jacksonville passed him for Trayvon Walker. Linebackers, they have a sixth-round uh, steal in Malcolm, Ro- Malcolm Rodriguez, Alex Anzalone, the former Saint linebacker. Um, has some rapport with Aaron Glenn, who's the GM. He's the defense coordinator now for Detroit. Chris Ward is a third linebacker, but um, they don't obviously get a lot of reps in third, third linebackers. It's kind of old football now. Secondary, Amari Okuare from Penn State, Jeff Okuda, Mike Hughes, their top three corners, Tracy Walker, and Deshaun Elliott, their starting safeties. Um, Okuda's a guy that's been a bust his first couple years because of injuries. I expect Terry to have a nice day against him. You know, Going back through Ohio State days, I've had a lot of matchups in practice. I'm sure Terry's going to want some brag rights in that matchup. Okuare is a good, you know, good young corner. Um, he might be on Terry, good amount too. Mike Hughes in the slot. Um, another guy that kind of had a bust first couple years, but he was better in Kansas City last year. Now, but Detroit, Tracy Walker is a good safety. I do like him. Deshaun Elliott's a guy that's another good safety coming over from Baltimore. Um, so they have some decent secondary, not amazing, but they're you know adequate players back there. Nothing that could really detract Washington Carson and the playmakers should really have their way. I really don't see them being stopped. Um, I think Gibson should you know have another seventy-five ish yard rushing game. Hopefully McKissick gets more closer to those 10 touches. I'd like to see at least five carries, five catches, but we'll see how the you know the game plan goes. And again, I think Terry can have 100 yards. I think Jahan Dawson can look for another, you know, uh, touchdown performance. And Curtis Samuel should eat out of the slot, uh, you know, in the backfield, wherever they line him up. So I really don't think Detroit defense is going to stop Washington. I really have no um, 
problem seeing Washington picking up, you know, another four touchdowns. So they can attack their cornerbacks. Like I said, I like the matchup for tight ends. Um, Anzalone's not really good in coverage. I don't see him having a problem against uh, – I don't, I don't see – I see him having a problem against guys like Logan, uh, John Bates, or if Cole Turner returns. Um, hopefully we can get some outside on the run – hopefully they can get some outside on run plays, maybe run some zone stretch plays, uh, get away from a guy like Michael Brockers, who still is a really good run uh, defensive tackle coming over from Rams a couple years ago. Um, so I think Washington should have, you know, a good amount of success on the offensive side of the ball. Offensive line-wise for Detroit, moving over to that side, they got Taylor Decker at a left tackle, Jonah Jackson left guard, Frank Ragnall at center, Tommy Kramer at right guard, Penny Sewell at right tackle. Um, Sewell's a guy that um, is a really good tackle this league already in the second year. They have good tackles in Decker and Sewell. Sewell's a guy eventually should play left tackle and maybe move Decker to the other side, but he was a top-ten pack last year for a reason. He's shown um, he's probably already a top-five tackle in the NFL. Obviously, offensively, Jared Goff is our quarterback. He's up and down, you know, I think everyone knows the Jared Goff experience. He obviously went to Super Bowl with the Rams a few years ago. Now in Detroit, DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams in the backfield. Swift had an amazing game last week, and he's going to have a breakout year in year three for him. T.J. Hawkinson, a tight end. He's probably a top six, top seven tight end in this league. He was former top ten pick himself. Amon Ross St. Brown, former fourth-round pick who's been a steal for Detroit, their best receiver. D.J. Chark, the former LSU receiver and former Jacksonville Jaguar receiver. He's good to start on the outside. And Josh Reynolds is their third receiver. Um, former Ram himself um, has a rapport with Jared Goff. Um, Receiver-wise, Ron St. Brown is someone this team really needs to focus on out of the slot. St. Juice is going to have his hands full. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, I'd say eight catches, 64 yards on touchdown last week. DJ Chark had four catches, 50 yards on touchdown. TJ Hawkins had four catches and 38 last week, yards last week for Philly. Um, Hawkinson's a guy that really needs to be shadowed by Cam Crow if he's able to play. Jamin Davis, but you know Davis obviously isn't a known for his coverage and that's to be expected from a linebacker he is fast but obviously coverage is not his forte as of yet especially in man coverage dj chark's a guy you know he's he's fast and outside good size at six four um but someone i think william jackson have no problem with or even kind of fool whoever's against him obviously andre swift's a guy that needs to be stopped focus on 15 carries 144 yards last week that's a good for a nine nine 9.6 ypc so almost 10 yards a carry one touchdown he had three catches for 31 yards as well um so he's going to get the ball 20 times and he's a guy that Washington really needs to focus on because he's really becoming an upcoming running back in the NFL. And Jamal Williams got 11 carries for 28 yards, but he had two touchdowns, so he was more of the goal line back. He's been a good player going back to his Green Bay days. Uh, but when you're talking about Detroit's offense, it has to start with Amon Ross, St. Brown, and DeAndre Swift. So Washington is really needs a key on those two. Um, and again, getting back to the secondary, like I said, I think Fuller and William Jackson hopefully will be fine against guys like DJ Chark and Josh Reynolds. Amon Ross, St. Brown is really the guy to focus on in the slot. Um, you know, coming into the season, you know, I really thought this was going to be an easy win for Washington. And I really think they still should win. I think it's wild that Detroit is favored to win at this point. Um, first time they've been favored, I think, in over 25 games of what I've heard. Um, Washington should feel disrespected. You know, obviously Washington really didn't really done anything to really warrant too much respect. Um, but, you know, Washington is coming off a week one win. I think Detroit's getting more hyped just because they were on hard knocks. People love Dan Campbell. Deuce Daly, Aaron Glenn, the coaches. No one really talks about their players as much. But um, Detroit is a good young team. Um, when I say good, I mean they have good pieces. I don't think they're a good team yet, but they have pieces that will hurt you, like DeAndre Swift, Amon Ross St. Brown, Aiden Hutchinson on defense, um, Mario Correa at corner, um, DJ Hawkins in a tight end. Uh, so that, I mean they have some good young foundational pieces that eventually will be, you know, hopefully part of their next 
forecast of winning. That this is not this season. So the Commanders need to take advantage of that. They need to win this game. They need to get to 2-0 before they get to Philly, which is going to be a huge matchup week three in FedEx. And really will be set a precedent for what this season is going to be, especially in the divisional aspect of the game, just because with Dallas losing Dak Prescott and without for at least, it looks like six weeks to two months, much to what Jerry Jones says. I don't see how Dak is getting back in four games, but Washington needs to take advantage of that. And they played for Dallas in week four. They played Philly in week three. So... They need to pack. They need to get this win against Detroit and face Philly in Week Three before getting to Dallas in Week Four. So, um, having said all that, I had the Commanders winning twenty-eight twenty-one. Um, they are a better team than Detroit. I'm not saying Detroit doesn't like I said has a piece that can beat Washington, but Washington has to show that they're a good, good team this year. And if they don't, you know, getting one and one is going to be much tougher. Getting a two and one against Philly, um, but. You know, let's see what this team is made of. I think a win this week really shows what this team could do this year and hopefully set up for a really nice, successful season for Washington. With that, that will include this Roman Around League episode. Hopefully this team builds on last week and gets a 2-0 in the season for the first time since 2011. So 10-plus years. I'll be back next week looking back at the Lions game and previewing the first matchup of the year versus Philly. It'll be a big one at FedEx. You can follow me at Twitter at NFLScout21 and Instagram at League underscore pod. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe. This is your host, Tyler Roman, signing off. See you next time.